Good day, everybody, and welcome to the Vittles and Vitals podcast, where we talk about important stuff and how that stuff connects to food, because everything connects to food. I'm Jay Reed. I'm the father. And I'm Jacob Reed, the son, and we're your hosts. Today, we are talking about vacations and road trips. I don't know, Dad. It seems like we've just been on one big vacation for the last six months. I don't know about you. It has seemed that way in a lot of ways, except maybe it's been more of a staycation than a vacation. That also is true. And then, but there was a a season where we went to Jackson, Tennessee to take Lauren to school, turned right around. You arrived home, packed your U-Haul, took you, and that was kind of a road trip, but you know, it wasn't exactly a vacation. (laughs) No, that was a that was a business uh, road trip. One way, business say. trip. Yeah, that's well. So there's what. So what's the difference in your mind between a vacation and a road trip, or is there one? I think I think there's three ways to look at this. One, there are vacations. Two, there are road trips, and three, there are road trip and vacation combinations. And I'll okay, explain my my thoughts behind all of these. So for me, a vacation is you know you go to some place and then the vacation is when you get there you kind of stay there and you kind of do everything in a very close proximity so you know with us we'll go to gatlinburg for christmas and you know we go to gatlinburg and we pretty much spend the entire time in gatlinburg so i would call that a vacation then we go back road trip and then we go back to gatlinburg and then we go back to gatlinburg and so we we pretty well know gatlinburg by now and it's lovely we we know it so well and then we have road trips, which are instead of going to a place and staying there, you just kind of go to place to place to place. So that can be multiple days, weeks. I know people who've done it for two months. But, you know, you you go to one town, you do something there, and then like maybe a day or two later, you're or, you know, just for a moment, you stop and then you go to somewhere else and somewhere and just keep driving around looking at different things. Gotcha. And then there are the road trips that turn into our and vacation combos where you road trip to a place, you stay there for a couple of days and then you road trip back to your original location. So I know people who have like taken multiple day road trips out to, you know, the Grand Canyon, they stay at the Grand Canyon for like five days and then they like take a two or three day road trip back. It is a big place. So does that make sense at least to you? It does. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, you know, I'm, you know, I was kind of, Retin on Gatlinburg, but there are a lot of people that um, go to the same place like every year. That's like this is a traditional family vacation. When I was young, it was Dolphin Island, Alabama. And I think y'all got to go there one time recently. Um, you're giving me a funny look. If people could see it, you'd see him giving me a funny look on your grandparents' 50th anniversary. We oh, I, I was wondering how recent you meant by recently. <laughs> recent is any time in the last 10 years. Okay. <laughs> so, but Dolphin Island seriously was a, I mean, that's where we went. We stayed at the Holiday Inn. We we went every year. And then when the Holiday Inn was blown off the planet by some hurricane, then, you know, we quit going and didn't go back until until that anniversary trip. And then we stayed in the, I believe it, they call it the Holiday Isles uh, condos, which is on the same site as where the Holiday Inn used to be. So that was kind of cool. Uh, but yeah, that, that kind of makes sense. And like, Again, with Gatlinburg, you know, we go there because that's uh, where my mother-in-law's condo is. And it's actually, you know, 
kind of cooling out. It's a challenge almost to find new things to do, um, new places to eat, new penny machines that have not been uh, scored yet. But we'll get back to that in a minute. I was about yeah. to say, that's a that's a big road trip and vacation thing for you, for it's sure. It's important. It's important. So for me, a road trip is like a a semi-spontaneous, um, you know, it's maybe something you do in your college. And I mean, even a Krispy Kreme run, depending on how far you go, <laughs> could be a road trip. Um, and like I, I thought about some of the things we'd done. Lauren and I went one time. I picked her up from school early. We drove to Knoxville, Tennessee, went to the International Biscuit Festival. I'm still mad I missed that one. Well, I'm getting to yours in a minute. Biscuit Festival. And then we decided, well, if we're going that far, well, let's do something else. So we came back. And this is exactly what you were saying. We we did one thing for a couple of days. And then we we came back through Gatlinburg, our Pigeon Forge, and did Dollywood. And so that was kind of a road trip for us because it was several different places. And it was just kind of a super long weekend. And then you and I not too terribly long ago, went to see the uh, Catlick podcast finale that never happened. Um, you know, went to Atlanta, got a Airbnb, one of the coolest Airbnbs I've ever stayed in. I know, in. that was a really fun Airbnb. It was, a, it was a renovated sort of, it wasn't an Airstream, but it was an Airstream style um, camper that was in this guy's backyard. And uh, it was a really cool place to stay. So if you're going to Atlanta and have a, need a cool place to stay, stay in the RV. Um, so that was, that was kind of a road trip because it actually evolved because we had a destination and the destination because it was in the beginning, the the beginning time of COVID, the thing we went to do didn't happen. So we kind of had to adapt, ended up going to the college football hall of fame, mm-hmm. uh, which was not on our uh, original plan. So, and then with, um, uh, mom and grand and, uh, Lauren and Charlie one time, not, too terribly long ago we just went to belmont uh, you know that was only a couple hours away and a lot of it was yard work we went to a drive-in concert and just kind of chilled out i mean that was kind of a road trip too not far so that's a road trip a vacation i i agree with you they're planned farther in advance usually it's the whole family or most of the family that's available um so that could mean christmas or new year's to gatlinburg or williamsburg or wherever we end up with the with the outlaws in-laws um with mom's family. And when we went to Charleston for a week, I'm again, sorry, you missed that one too. Um, you were busy. I don't know, helping youth become more spiritual or something. I can't remember. Oh, where, was where that where that was? That might've been that a get well that summer. I can't remember. I don't know. I'm, I'm always away during the summer. Yeah. And then last summer we went to, um, New York and hung out with, um, Sissy and Eddie, um, mm-hmm. and they had a, they have an RV and we drove around. So that was kind of like you were, you would call that maybe a road trip because we were actually on the road several days in an RV, but, but that was a vacation because we left here, went to New York, stayed in New York and then flew back. So that was a true vacation. So why are vacations important? Why is that vital? Why is that our subject? Cause our brain gets tired. Absolutely. Brains, bodies, um, you know, I'd like to think that a vacation falls in the same sort of category as a Sabbath. You know, we, we have a Sabbath for a reason. And if we don't take the Sabbath, we, you know, we, we wear out literally in all kinds of ways. And if you don't take your vacation every now and then, then it's kind of like not taking your Sabbath. It's almost like a Jubilee year or a Jubilee week, <laughs> Jubilee month. 
I will say being in seminary, uh, your definition of Sabbath definitely gets changed because there's the whole discussion about whether or not Sabbath should be kept by Christians or because of the death of Jesus Christ. Are we constantly in Sabbath? It's it's a whole it's a whole thing. It's very interesting. Actually, I bet I bet you're talking about that mostly because you've got all this reading to do and you're trying to decide, should I be reading on Sunday or not? I have yet to read on a Sunday. <laughs> do you really? Nope. I'm I'm doing my best to keep cool. that. an open day during the week but i'm about to start work so we'll see how that goes well the but one person i've really learned from is michael hyatt and he's a he's an online guru kind of guy michaelhyatt.com he's kind of a one-stop shop for you know your goal setting and your productivity and all that kind of stuff and he's a christian and he he's really big on rest exercise vacation and how that relates to productivity so if you're interested in reading up some more on that, but I was looking up some stats and I, I, in my opinion, vacation becomes important for Americans, especially because we just simply don't do it enough. Uh, I read one stat that said American workers, uh, this is from some time the last couple of years left 768 million days of vacation on the table. In other words, if you got two weeks of vacation and you only took one or three weeks and only took one and a half and, you know, lost your other ones. You know, there was, I don't, I, I should have done the math. I don't know how many years 768 million days is, but that is a ton of vacation that people should have taken paid vacation. Um, 236 million forfeited completely. It says, so this, they $65.5 billion in lost benefits. If for those at home, it's about 2.1 million years. Okay, so that stat seems really crazy, but I'm, I mean, it's ustravel.org. You can check it out and see what you think. Looking at these stats, it's, it's staggering to me that we would leave so much vacation time on the table because, first things first, I've never worked a full-time job with paid time off and stuff like that. I just got out of college. I'm in grad school, all that stuff. But I feel like, you know, people would be more aware of their time off and would make more steps to take the time that they would have instead of just letting it go. And does that tie into our, our thoughts of, are we working too much as a society? Are we definitely, yeah, we definitely are. And I think we've turned from, you know, there's, there's people out there who say, well, I only need four hours of sleep and I'm great. And you know, they're not really. And, and, you know, I don't need vacation and all this, but I mean, study after study after study has proven that, that if you take that time off and rejuvenate, then when you come back, you're even more productive. I mean, you can uh, you can list tons of studies that have shown that. And really, I saw this first. We were when I was a student in Hawaii, a student summer worker in Hawaii. Um, I was working on the beach. I know it was not a vacation, by the way. It was work. Um, but there was this guy from Australia. His name was Andrew. And he showed up like every day at the beach. I'm like, how do you get to stay so long? And he was from Australia and they had like a month of vacation and they take it or a lot of them do. And so he was like, he showed up and then he went somewhere else and came back. And, uh, it, it was, that was probably the earliest point where I realized, you know, there's, there's other places in the world that have tons of vacation and Americans just don't, we feel like we're, we're going to get more done if we just keep going and going and going. There's a lot of pressure to keep going and going and going. And really, it, it just kind of works backwards, I think. 
I've what I've noticed is so one of my things that I do is I like to like watch YouTube videos of these guys who, you know, they're freelance creatives. They like to call themselves basically they're full time YouTubers or like full time photographers. And they're always talking about like the relentless hustle, you know, hustle anywhere, you know, I need to be the most productive that I can. And it just seems like it's almost reaching a point where it's a, like a badge of honor to like slap on like, I can work 20 hours straight, and I only sleep for four hours a night, and stuff like that. And it just seems like, you know, that's all people have, you know, is how productive can I be? Yeah, I mean, and it ends up working against you when you when you hustle, hustle, hustle. I mean, I'm not against hustle, but uh, it has its place. But when you're when all you're doing is hustling, and you don't you don't get rejuvenated, then you end up being less productive. I mean, that's mm -hmm. that's just the facts. Yeah, and as we said earlier, vacations are looking a little bit different now. So, Dad, how have you seen in your sphere vacations changing up for people? Well, with you know our wonderful friend Corona, uh, I saw. A a friend posted a picture the other day of she was in a hotel room and there was a plastic bag around her VCR remote or her <laughs> VCR. Well, I'll show my age. Uh, <laughs> there was a plastic bag around her TV remote. And at first she thought, is this brand new? Did they forget to unwrap it? And then she remembered, no, this is from COVID. And we saw the same thing when last time we went to uh, Tennessee and there was a plastic bag there to put the remote in so that you didn't have to touch it or next person didn't have to touch it after you or whatever so that's just some of the little things that have changed and like like our room wasn't cleaned the next day and you know part of that was was covid they were just trying not to you know to make as little contact as possible things weren't replaced like usual things weren't there that were usually there um and like we said earlier a lot of staycations now you know but i i, I just noticed around here as soon as summer hit and things began to open up a little bit more it's like most of our town went to orange beach it's just like boom everybody <laughs> did whatever they could to go to the beach and i don't know if it backfired or not i don't think we had a lot of of beach virus but um it was a a definite exodus yeah no i definitely saw that too at camp because for a lot of people at camp their week at Pine Cove is their vacation or right. their big thing. Cause like dads will save up their time off so they can get a week off without work and stuff like that. And, you know, you saw people and they were just like visual relief that they can be somewhere else. Right. Than the place that they've known. So I thought yeah. that was really interesting. And I, I think, you know, one of the things about being somewhere else and doing something else, you know, when I, I can hear this phrase in uh, your grandmother's voice, um, anytime we need to make a decision about something that maybe is a little bit out of the box or a little bit self-indulgent or whatever the, the phrase is, we're on vacation. And now that mm -hmm. seems, you know, it's pretty simple, but you know, we do make decisions on vacation that we might not make otherwise. I'm not talking about going crazy, you know, going off on a drunk or something, but I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, I might not eat ice cream every day at home, but when we were in New York, you know, we ate ice cream like after every meal, it seemed like. And I was perfectly okay with that. You take home a lot less leftovers when you're on vacation. Well, that's true. Unless you are at Christmas with our family and then. Yeah. Well, see, that's a kind of a different. You know, when you go to a condo rather than a hotel, like we plan meals and all this. And I've learned 
You know, your mother is a coffee. You and I are coffee aficionados. We like quality coffee and we have all the gadgets. Your mother just. I have all the gadgets. Well, I have some gadgets. You have you more have gadgets. Many. I have many I've more got gadgets. gadgets. My gadgets are accumulating. But she's got to have like she's a two-fisted coffee drinker in the morning. So if we're just if we're in a hotel and we go down to the, uh, you know, the free breakfast, she doesn't come back with one coffee. She comes back with two coffees. Mm -hmm. And so I've learned you go, um, you go to the hotel website or the condo or whatever you find out, do they have a Keurig or do they have a coffee pot or do they have a breakfast or whatever? And you bring whatever you need. If we're going to the condo, you bring filters, you bring sweetener, you bring creamer. Um, cause you may or may not get to go to the grocery store before the first morning, but you got to have that coffee. Mm -hmm. So that's on my, I have a checklist on my Evernote for packing. And that is one of the major categories on my Evernote packing list is coffee supplies. So that's, uh, definitely a, and I, let me just throw that out there. Um, packing list for vacation. Very important, very important. And I have learned to sort of formalize that or, um, uh, there's a, there's a better word for that, but I have, um, I've got it in my Evernote on my phone and everything I could possibly need or might likely forget is on that list. I need to start doing that because I will 100% forget something of absolute essential, essentialist. I don't know. Yeah. Basically I forget one super important thing like extra contacts when I move to a different <laughs> state, right. one might say. Yeah. And so that's Go ahead, go ahead. What would be the most memorable vacation you have been on? Well, it's hard to pick one, but I, when we were living overseas, we decided Lauren was a, Lauren was uh halfway here. Let's put it that way. Um, she was not born yet, but she existed. And we wanted to go one last hurrah before she was born. So we went to Spain, met our friends, Ken and Lee there in Spain. Um, and we went to this place called Cowboy Town. It was where they used to film old spaghetti westerns in spain and it was just kind of an old cowboy set and they did these little um sort of pl not plays but uh, reenactments and gunfights and stuff and you were little and you know you had your red cowboy hat and you just thought it was the bomb i, I know you don't remember it now maybe um, very vaguely like one memory i may remember but i don't remember much of that yeah well we went to madrid and Mom's cousin was there and she spoke Spanish and she took us around. I know you don't remember that either. I don't remember that. We saw the Alhambra. We ate some of the best shrimp in my life. We had paella. Um, Paris was really cool when we all went to Paris. Of course, you know, I can list a bajillion things there. Um, the funniest thing that happened there is uh, Papa, your grandfather, did this. It was, I don't know, it wasn't Airbnb, but whatever, the, the VRBO or whatever of the time and got us this apartment to stay in and mm. we could see the Eiffel tower from the apartment. And we were all looking at this listing online and it said that it had a um, hot tub for eight. And we thought, well, that's a pretty big hot tub, but this is awesome. This must be a really great apartment. We can all get in the hot tub. <laughs> so we got there and the lady who owned the apartment was showing us around and we're like, where's the hot tub? You said it was a hot tub for eight. And she goes, Oh no, no, no. It, all it meant was she had enough hot water so that eight people could bathe. That's funny. And you, you just, the disappointment was palpable, but anyway, mm. we still had a good time. And I guess, um, we went to Dubai several times. One of my most, my coolest memories was snow skiing in the mall 
in Dubai, um, and sitting. There I remember the playing Friday, in the looking out the window at the slope as people were skiing by. Uh, so it's 104 degrees outside, but it's you know I've got my ski outfit on inside and swooshing down the man-made slope inside the mall. That was cool. I went on a cruise with a couple of guys when I was just out of college. That's where I learned to do the Macarena. Oh, I was wondering what that note meant. But I'm not seeing cool. that here. I don't remember for you. a lot about the food, but I remember there was a lot of it. Um, and then cruise number two was my honeymoon cruise, which was a very different kind of cruise, obviously. Um, first was a carnival cruise. It was definitely a party boat. Uh, honeymoon cruise was Royal Caribbean, and uh, there were some older folks on there. But nice. uh, our, our table was was young people, which reminds me, Jacob, countdown to wedded bliss. How many days until your honeymoon begins? Uh, 55 you, days. You already told me. <laughs> no, 55 days until we get married. Our honeymoon technically will start the next day. So 56 days until the start of the honeymoon. I don't know. Which will be. starts as soon as you leave the reception. Okay. Much. Okay. 55 days then. Okay. Um, but we uh, will be doing, according to my definition, a eh, maybe a road trip vaca- vacation combo. We're driving to our honeymoon spot and then we'll stay there and then we'll have like some day trips to other places. So road trip vacation combo. That'll be kind Very of excited. a vacation with road trips included. Attached to it. Attached, yes. yes. Cool. So. All of this talk about road trips are making me think of my favorite road trip snacks. Dad, what are your favorites? Well, I have to um, back up just a bit because, well, actually, let me jump into that. Yeah, I, when I think about road trip snacks, I anytime we're planning a trip, we get, be it a road trip or vacation, my radar kind of goes up a few weeks before we're going and I start looking around for different stuff. So I've got several major categories. Uh, one is what I call the nibble to stay awake while driving foods. So those are little things I just munch on while I'm driving. If I'm sleepy or if I'm just hungry or bored, uh, which is not a good reason to eat, put that out there, but you're on vacation. Um, so that's stuff like snack mix, like, uh, you know, checks mix, or I make this kind of granola stuff that I've used before. And, um, I wanted to ask you, what's your favorite snack mix? My favorite snack mix is the cheesy Chex Mix. It comes in like the orange bag. Okay. That was my really, that was my first real road trip food. Okay. So when I, early on, when I started, you know, in college doing the occasional road trip and stuff, that was like my go-to. That and a Mountain Dew were like my two road trip essentials. Okay. But they have changed over time. And as you have uh, traveled into Texas and found Bucky's, have you found anything at Bucky's that uh, Bucky's, I don't know what they call them, roadside, what do they call it? Travel centers, something like that? Yeah, I think it's a travel center. Uh, I did do Bucky Nuggets one time, but my only my only complaint with Bucky Nuggets is the bag is too big and it's not resealable. <laughs> so you start eating Bucky Nuggets and they're delicious and they're great and you enjoy them and then about an eighth of the bag through you've had too much and you feel sick and you want to like set them aside for a while, yep. but the bag's not resealable and you can't get the original Bucky nuggets in a small bag. You can only get like the sea salt caramel in the small ones. Okay. So we have a Bucky nugget expert here. So here's the tip. One of the things on my packing list is various sizes of Ziploc bags. And so I've got no, little ones. I've got idea. 
uh, gallon size and because you never know you, you might need a bag of ice that needs to be sealed you might need to put a book in a bag if you're going to the beach i mean there's all kinds of great reasons to have ziploc bags and now we've just discovered another one to keep your bucky nuggets fresh yeah but you're gonna need like a three gallon size Maybe you need two ziploc. or three uh, yeah probably three bag. it's a lot a lot comes in a bucky nugget that's good bag. so i like to mix things up too i mean i i've I think a good snack mix is going to have something sweet, like an M and M or chocolate of some sort, and you're going to have something. And the re- basically the rest of it's going to be different textures of of savory stuff. And I like the. I saw something the other day. Somebody posted a picture of a. I think it was a Chex mix, and it had the little toast, like the GR. Uh, I'm gonna get the name wrong, but it starts with a G. G not not Giardelli because that's chocolate, but Giardos uh, or Giardatos or something. Anyway. Those little brown round toasts that are really garlicky and salty, um, like the ones that come in Chex Mix. Well, they do, but that's not where they originated. But but yeah, that's where most of our listeners listeners will recognize them from. I don't know. I don't know. I'm gonna come up with it in a minute. Um, anyway, I have learned that my new personal favorite for road trips is uh, like a large piece tea. You know, you can get them for like ninety nine cents. Uh huh. You get the Caddyshack, which is like the half tea, half lemonade. And that one's really good for okay. a road trip. Well, I'm looking it up. I'm coming up with Giardia and Giardia Nera. That's not it. But anyway, Gardettos, maybe Gardello. I, I'm, I'm embarrassed. But anyway, little little things. That's the, the nibble things. M&M's, Little Reese's, Skittles. Or, Skittles are a classic because Skittles are sugary and chewy. You can just kind of eat one at a time. And, and that, that's for some reason that keeps me awake. Uh, sunflower seeds, the kind in the shell. I used to carry, mm-hmm. I used to keep it in the car all the time, a cup and a big thing of sunflower seeds. And that would keep me awake and, you know, just kind of keep my mind occupied. I'm because always, it's, go ahead. You, it's a lot of like chewing motion. Yes. Not a lot of volume and not a lot of calories. Right, so, you know. right. These days I go to like TJ Maxx and go to their gourmet food section and get these little, uh, crunchy chickpeas or edamame or whatever because uh, you're not you're not piling up the the calories but you still have something like you said crunchy and to nibble on so anyway that's that's the nibble foods and then you have the what i call the sunday paper coupon foods so i'll sometimes look through the coupons in the sunday paper for like the new cheese it variety or the new oreos or you know something that i might not buy otherwise but that you know, for vacation would be cool. Of course, like, and again, the new Oreos. Um, what else for you? I mean, those are my big ones. Uh, another one that I always, uh, not always, but if I'm really, really craving a certain one, uh, gummy worms is a really big one for mm-hmm. me. Um, especially like the really, really cheap ones that you can get in the gas station, like the 99 cents big bag of them. Because they take a lot of Yeah, they take forever to chew. I like, will like bite some and then like let it sit in my mouth for a while to like soak so it gets soft. I don't know. And I can, I can use a whole bag of them the entire trip because they just last so long. But it's something that I only really eat on road trips. And so it's gummy worms. Well, that's, uh, I'm trying to think something. There was something else that I, uh, I'm blanking now. But oh, oh, (laughs) I remember the, the best road trip stash is at like after christmas because mm. everything that you just got in your stocking goes in a box and gets eaten on the way and on the way back to christmas for usually wherever we're going for christmas so that is that's like the ultimate and uh but um 
real quickly, let me just give some tips um, from, you know, the food writer side of me as far as planning. Because we, I used to plan trips around what to do. And if you go to Disney, there's a bajillion things to do. And it's just a matter of choosing which ones you're going to do. But now, like, especially if, if you go to a food destination like New Orleans or Charleston or whatever, even if that's not your goal, it's still you know, a place, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably interested in food. So, you know, I'll, I'll look at restaurants and, but how do you choose? Well, first of all, you do your homework before you leave. You know, I check Yelp or TripAdvisor, Chowhound, whatever. Uh, there's going to be ratings and comments, but I will say, don't take those too seriously. Um, you know, just because one person says so-and-so was mean or the waiter was, you know, not nice and the food was salty, whatever you know, read it, but, you know, take it with a grain of salt, as they say. Um, mm -hmm. And then like, I've done things like ask people on Facebook who are from there or know the area. Um, you and I went to the same place. I went to new uh, Baton Rouge actually, and was visiting my aunt and uncle and mm -hmm. my, let's see, my cousin's husband is a chef. And we were talking about where I should go to eat. And uh, they said, well, um, Ed came and he, he found this place called blues and they told me where it was. And so I found it and happened to, you know, I told the guy, um, when he, the owner arrived into you know, that, I was a kind of a sideline food writer. And so he took me back in the kitchen, showed me all of these machines. Cause he was like a welder and showed me these things that he had invented, basically, uh, developed all these machines for his restaurant. And we went and I saw where all the boudin was hanging up and getting ready to be shipped out or sold or whatever. And uh, so that was this the, the one by the oil refinery? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you asked me later and you went there, didn't you? I did. I did. It was delicious. Yeah. So we both enjoyed that. Um, when we went to Charleston, I happened to have met a the editor of a food magazine that was based in Charleston. And she said, hey, if you come from this way you know, let me know and, you know, I'll tell you where to go. And so I did, and she did, and, you know, she gave me some great tips. Um, you know, you can ask a local once you get there, um, study the menu. A lot of times if I find places like you and I were coming back from, uh, North Carolina, we stopped at that bacon brothers or bacon brothers, mm -hmm. something house. And, um, uh, is the name of it in Greenville. I think it was the bacon bros or something like bacon that. Bros, yeah. Um, so you, you find a place and study the menu. It's like, okay, that can be good or, I mean, it can really help you one way or the other. It could say, well, I've got to go to this place because I want to try this dish. Or you might look at a place that looks great and then discover I'm the only one that's going to enjoy this. You know, the other three people in the car are going to complain when we leave. So every time that we stop for barbecue, except <laughs> it's you and me are for it and mom and Lauren are not for it. Well, yeah. And then you have, of course, we do need to say, I generally refuse to go to any fast food place while on vacation because I assume, you know, I can eat fast food anywhere, but there's a, a few exceptions. One is Chick-fil-A. Always. Still love Chick-fil-A. I don't want to eat there every meal, but I will go to Chick-fil-A in a pinch. And I think we went there twice on the way to, to move you. <laughs> so or once there and once on the way back, we, oh. we definitely did some Chick-fil-A there. Um, and also mom and I like um, the filet of fish from McDonald's. So like once a year, I will get a filet of fish usually on vacation. And also I will get a McGriddle um, breakfast mm -hmm. sandwich. But I rare, like I won't do that here. I won't go by there 
at home and get a filet of fish or a McGriddle. But if I'm on vacation, I will do that. But that is the only like I'll get my one thing, you know, but I'm unlikely to go to Arby's when I'm in, you know, Timbuktu. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I can go to Arby's, well, I can't go to Arby's here anymore. We can't go to Arby's it anymore. Took out now, but that's okay. Um. Anyway, we could we could go on and on and on, but all right, people, you know those drum beats. That means it's time for our favorites. So, Dad, what's your favorite for this bye week? Well, I'm a little late to the party, I think, but I have recently discovered a seasoning, and I'll probably botch the pronunciation, but it's, I believe, called tahin, and it's T-A-J-I-N. It comes in a little bottle. I started seeing it in the produce section at our grocery store uh, a couple of years ago. Wasn't real sure why it was in the produce section, and then I discovered over time that basically this is something that in, um, in Latin countries that they put on fruit primarily. I mean, it'll be on other things too, but it's, it's chili pepper and lime essentially, maybe some salt. Okay. The ingredients, um, you know, pretty, I went looking at the calories to say the chili peppers, dehydrated lime juice. That's pretty much it. Um, and this week, like I've done it on a couple of different things, but primarily just sprinkling on fruit. So the other day I had some frozen mango that I had, and I put it in a container, and when I got to work, got ready for a little snack, I sprinkled this tahini all over it, and it was delicious. Oh, um, I'm sure. You have to be careful with it. I mean, I'm not a super spicy kind of guy, but, um, I mean, I'm super spicy, but I don't like a lot of super spicy things. Um, <laughs> Jacob, you disagree. <laughs> I, I disagree just a little bit. But, anyway, it's been, it's been and now at one of our grocery stores here, you can buy the big bottle, which I have. Um, you can also buy a little pocket size bottle so you can put one in your pocket or your purse and take it with you, uh, wherever you go. And I've noticed too, it's particularly, uh, prominent with mango and you can even buy these mango fruit pops that are dipped in, dipped in tahini. I've, I've had those. Those are really good. Yeah. So, and you, you see it a lot. And now that I've bought some and kind of know what it tastes like, I, I think, well, I've had that on such and such before, but, uh, Anyway, if you haven't tried tahini on a mango, you really need to try. Awesome. That sounds delicious. So my favorite for this week is a YouTube video series. Uh, I think it the titles are Kevin Eats Everything at Blank. And it's this guy who used to work for BuzzFeed, now has his own company. And he will go to a fast food restaurant and eat everything on the menu. So he's done Taco Bell, Burger King, Wendy's, all of all the stuff. He's done some like nicer places as well. Um, I think Gus's Fried Chicken, it was one of them. So he's done he's done a fair amount. And he literally takes a bite of every single thing on the menu. In one sitting? In one sitting. It's incredible to watch. That's a high budget kind of thing. He's got sponsors. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they make so much money. Um one thing to keep in mind is he doesn't love Jesus, so it's not for little ears. Sometimes he says things that he shouldn't, um, but it's really funny because he, he like talks about a lot of stuff that you would never order off a menu and then maybe should because apparently it's the best thing. Uh, but yeah, so 
eat the menu would probably be a good thing to search kevin eats everything you'll find it guy long lanky guy with glasses you can't miss it he's long and lanky still yes that's incredible it's, it's just one bite out of everything so, so. Where, do, where does the rest of it go uh i think he sometimes has guests on so i think the guests will sometimes take extras with them i'm sure that they do something with it i don't think they just like throw it all out maybe they just save it and eat off of it for the next two or three days okay. as a crew well you know i was i was writing about this in my column for the paper here about how you and i how i did some food judging by myself for a while and then i realized you know i could could not eat everything that was handed to me and i needed somebody to go with me to to help and you and you and some of your buddies <laughs> showed up that's, I one my time life changed. <laughs> that's probably a, a story for another podcast but yeah you definitely need uh, an assistant you need friends and stuff like that all right well thanks so much for listening if you've enjoyed it and think others might enjoy it too please share rate and review on apple podcast or whatever platform you found us and they are legion so you can find us on the worldwide interweb at Vittle vital pod on instagram and twitter Vittles and vitals podcast on facebook and we would really love to hear from you and if you have an idea of a subject you'd like to hear us cover shoot us a dm and remember if it's vital look for the vittles